Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I chat with Clayton Johnson of The Hoth. The Hoth is a SEO company. If you're unfamiliar, they have a suite of products. They do link building. They can write content for your site. They do a lot of other specialized um, and very useful things uh, as far as ranking your site. And if you're into affiliate marketing, you probably... Maybe not, but you probably have heard of the Hoth. One of the really cool things that I learned in this interview is that the four-hour work week was sort of the genesis of creating the Hoth. And the Hoth is a pretty damn big company at this point. They have 45 people in their offices down in Florida, in the St. Petersburg area. Um, But they started with um, a couple dudes in a, you know, apartment. They were working from home and they built it. They built this from the very beginning to be, you know, scalable, to have systems in place and so that they wouldn't have to remove themselves from the business like Tim Ferriss did in the four hour work week. Right. So they, they built it to scale and they built it in the beginning um, so that it would be the kind of business that they would want to work for. Part of that, part of the value there is um, location independence. Now, of course, they got the people in the office, but the founders um, do have that luxury. In fact, Clayton and I talk a little bit about how um, some of the biggest growth that the Hoth experienced was during a period when he was out of the country. All right. He, uh, I'm not going to give away the whole story, but he left the country and um, did a little soul searching, spent some time internationally, and I'll let Clayton tell the story, of course. Before we go too much further, I do need to mention that, number one, I do use the Hoth and I have been testing out services recently in 2019, in like the summer time frame of 2019, um, specifically guest posting. I'm going to be testing out a few other products as well. Um and it's important for me to note that I, you know, wasn't, I'm paying for the service, right? I'm, I paid for these guest posts that I am um, checking out. So I'm not getting any special treatment or anything like that. So that's number one. I am a user of the Hoth. Um, the second thing, and I'll share um, some of the case studies and stuff so that I can share actual results. Right now, I'm just, you know, I'm testing things. I've used them in the past, but I kind of got away from using services, but. People ask me about services all the time. So I want to be able to use services, be able to recommend them confidently, and that is why I'm checking out the Hoth again. So that is point number one. Point number two is I'm an affiliate for the Hoth. So if you were to purchase through my link, I really appreciate it. And I would also uh, get a commission, which I, like I said, I appreciate it. It's how I pay for the hosting. It's how I pay for um, the equipment, this microphone, and all the other business that I'm doing here. So just want to note that I am an affiliate for the Hoth, and uh, I am disclosing that very clearly right now. So anyway, thanks a lot to Clayton for spending time with me. Um, if you happen to be new to the show, the Doug Show, welcome. I appreciate it. Check out some of the other episodes if you're into affiliate marketing and SEO and stuff like that. I think you're going to find um, some interesting stuff and I hope you like it and I hope you subscribe. So let's, uh, let's talk to Clayton. 
Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here. I'm with my friend Clayton Johnson of The Hoth. How are you today? Oh man, I'm doing amazing. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. And I've worked with The Hoth for a long time, actually, since I got started doing any kind of internet marketing. So I appreciate you taking the time. It's a pleasure to speak with you. And I'm pumped to like have The Hoth on my channel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. Thank you much. Thanks so much for having me. Right on. So for the people that don't know you personally, Clayton, can you give a little intro and then sort of what you do at the Hoth? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, where to start? So my name is Clayton Johnson. I'm the CMO, uh, Chief Marketing Officer of the Hoth. But I've actually been around uh, from the beginning. If anybody's never heard of the Hoth before, we're an SEO company. We started as a, as a link building company, then kind of expanded um, so we started in 2010 and we've really grown over the last, uh, few years and, uh, well, I mean, it gets to be nine years now that I've been in this and now we have an office full of 45 people here in Florida and we got hundreds of people across the U S, um, uh, that are, that are working for us. So yeah, man, it's been, it's been a great journey and, uh, yeah, I do all the marketing for it. Awesome. <laughs> so you, you've been with the Hoth since the beginning in 2010? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, what was it like getting started, dude? When it's when you're in a startup, man, it's like it's so much different than it is now. So, we actually started in Chicago, and uh, yeah, I, I lived there for five years. You know, the cold uh, <laughs> six, seventeen month winters. But it was just a few guys in an apartment, and we actually launched uh, with just a, a YouTube video. And that's kind of like what, what it's like. We had that really startup, uh, lean, scrappy mentality and just try to get something out there. And actually, we were so fortunate in that we, we had a product that connected with the market. We had just a simple like one link building service and it was enough revenue to say, hey, you know, like, this might be something um, might be something big. So we just invested in that and kept growing. And I um, did did operations for that. So I've. If, if anybody's ever run a business, you, you, you know how like you do every single thing in the business at some point. So yeah, that's, that's exactly what I've done. Um, so yeah, it, it started just like a few guys and then we added a little bit more people, a little bit more people. And then, um, you know, a few years ago we kind of had a, a break point where we just kind of exploded. Um, so that's, that's the whole, the whole entrepreneurial roller coaster has been uh, a crazy ride, man. I believe it. So did you have like, I, well, how many people did you start with? Seemed like two, three guys. Yeah, it was like essentially like three people, and then we started, you know, getting like a, a little team of, of, you know, essentially contractors. Okay, and then did you have a background in SEO prior to that? Hell no, I had like no background in SEO. Um, you know, I, I went to school for like uh, they, they call it telecoms, kind of like communications, and then I worked in a t-shirt printing shop. After that, uh, doing web stuff, and then started doing the Hoth. But I mean, I think that's that's kind of like how everything works now. And what's amazing about the time that we live in is that most people, whatever you're doing, you like, there's a good chance you did not learn that in school. And actually, you learn so much more, and we have so much access to learn anything now, even for free. Uh, that you know, it's just a crazy time to be living it, man. Yeah, for sure. That that's pretty cool. Just getting started out of an apartment and then just organically kept pushing. Did, did you feel um, like the dip of Seth Godin fame? Did you feel that dip early on or it, it sounds like maybe it was pretty solid at the beginning? 
Um, can, can you tell me what the dip is? I read that book like 10 years ago, but I forget. Okay. Well, it's like when things aren't working out, do you need to move on to a new project because it's a bad idea or a bad fit? Or are you just in that dip and once you push through, then things will work out? You know, I think that we were we were really lucky in that we did find product market fit like pretty quick and it was it was enough to generate revenue that you know sustainable business. But at the same time, like I think everyone feels at least some sort of dip, right? Like almost all the time. So um, I think we were very fortunate in, in that. Um, but but you know, like when the business isn't really generating that much in the, in the beginning, you're like, is this like a real big thing, or is this just kind of like a blimp? Is it going to go away? Because we didn't have recurring revenue. You know, it wasn't like uh, some businesses like start a software and they they can predict their revenues. You know, we had like that one time purchase type of thing. It's kind of like, I mean, affiliates a lot of times, like if you have like one, somebody might come and they might purchase and then it's gone or if the website dips or whatever, I felt that kind of, you know, uh, like we didn't have the recurring revenue. So, right. Gotcha. And then you mentioned at some point things sort of popped. Like, do you know what that inflection point was? What caused that? Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, um, uh, there, there was a lot of things to say about when we went, we essentially in the last, from 2014 to 2019, we have now 17 extra revenues. Um, so that's like a four year, four year period. And when I say 17 X, um, you know, if you were making like a dollar and you 17 X it, uh, you'd be making like $17. So let's just say we started way above that. <laughs> wow. So, 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 um, we, we, we've significantly, significantly improved our revenues and the thing that caused it, there's a lot of different things that go into it. But I think um, a common story with everyone is that the thing that mostly limits people or the thing that really makes a big explosion um, is almost always starts like internally with yourself. You know, uh, there's that, that's exactly what happened to me. Um, you know, we, we ran a business and it grew and it was doing it was doing well. Uh, but at a certain point, like kind of stalled out. Right. We were. We were just at a certain revenue and we couldn't really get above that. And I felt that kind of not only just in the revenue, but I also felt like my life, like, like where are we going next? What am I doing? All that kind of stuff. And then through the pain of Chicago winters, uh, <laughs> finally forced me to say like, yo, something has got to change. And so I decided to not, not do that anymore. I didn't want to, I didn't want to live anymore uh, winter and I wanted to find something and I didn't even know what it was, but the cool thing about, uh, you know, going looking for something is like sometimes you find it, right? And so I sold everything I had and I moved to Colombia in South America. And that was October 2014. And right then I just started like working on myself. I started working on uh, you know, like daily routines, started working on being like grateful. I stopped complaining, like eliminated complaining from my life. Um, not to say that I never do it. I would do it all the time, but uh, you know, it's like a goal. So um, I, I really worked on myself personally. And then, and then at the same time, I kind of started setting goals and trying to figure out like how to actually achieve those goals. And through that process, I had like a lot of realizations. I kind of moved from an operational capacity, you know, run, running operations and to, into marketing. And, you know, that was kind of the start of everything. I, you can like literally look at, uh, our traffic graph, our revenue graph, and the amount of fun we're having graph. And they all look the same. They all go like this. They hit the like late 2014, early 2015, and just start skyrocketing. So, um, you know, that, that, I think that was a big catalyst is if you're stalled out, 
You know, a lot of times what you need to get to that next level is figure out how you yourself can get to that next level. That was definitely true with myself. Interesting. Well, and I'm glad you brought it up because before we started recording, everyone else who wasn't here, um, basically, I was like, hey, you know, St. Pete, Tampa traffic's a little rough. And you're like, oh, I haven't had a car in a while. And you're like, yeah, I sold everything and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. So you're telling me you moved down to Columbia for a few years and then that's when the business took off and you were working remotely. Yeah. Oh, I would say like, look, there's, there's a lot of different elements to it. You know, I said that I'm down there, but at the same time, there's a lot of other things that happen in the business. You know, we were able to bring on some really great people. We were able to expand the product line, but for myself personally, that's how I see my vision and like how I improved. And I would not, I don't think it would be able to be there. I wouldn't be able to do what I do now without having that personal transformation. So got it. Got it. Cool. So let's, um, let's transition a little bit because I know a lot of my audience is interested in some of the technical SEO stuff. So we're just, we're going to knock out some of these babies here. So from an SEO standpoint in the Hoth, like how have you guys been able to stay current from 2010 until the present with, um, algorithm updates and the you know changing landscape of SEO, that sort of thing. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. And, um, and you know that we started since we started in 2010, like right after 2010, all the biggest updates of all time happened, the Panda Penguin, all that kind of stuff. And it was like we started a business. It was a link building business. And it might have been like the worst time ever to start a link building business because it was just raining fire. Um, luckily, you know, what happens is that, uh, you know, uh, to some extent, I do love this industry because after those updates happen, SEOs always band together. And look at data and figure it out. And thanks to what's happening now, we have like these companies like Ahrefs that are putting out like sick data and they have access to it. Now we're doing less and less guessing all the time. So, um, you know, even back in the day, we had people analyzing the, the SERPs and figuring out how to, how to come, uh, come back from it or whatever. So we were able to survive through all those. Um, when we, when we started to like expand the park line, I think that was like a, a, a big part for us as well. Which is, you know, we were building links. Uh, we had this one link building product, and we started expanding into like local citations. And I, I think a big transition happened when we started uh, expanding into content. Um, you know, people m- might have known us as a link building company in the past, but actually, we sell a ton of content. We do a ton of content, and we kind of reinvented the process to do it a little bit differently than the typical content mills. Um, and that's been a the, the you know. Doing that a little bit in a little bit different way and, and training the people that are coming on to be our content creators, that really changed the game and we content became a big part of it. And then on top of that, after expanding all that product line, we put together, you know, a managed service, and that really catapulted catapulted up us into like the next category. Because for the most part, I think that business owners want to run their business and SEO is is really a one part of marketing. I'll, I'll be at like a very strong, powerful ROI positive uh, part. But um, uh, when people can get – I see it so many times when we talk to clients, they can get so easily sucked down in the details. It like – they get so smart, it prevents their success. You know what I mean? So we, uh, we, we created that service and now we can actually help clients stay up to date so they don't have to. So that evolution I think helped keep us current. Got it. And – I was going to say, well, I didn't ask this earlier, but um, that original product, can you, in, in link building strategy, can you tell us what that was? Is that proprietary? Yeah, yeah. Can you share? 
Yeah, or well, actually, the the park was originally called the Hoth, uh, which which is a lesson. If you're starting a business, you got to think bigger. Think like you're going to expand your product line at some point, okay? Because uh, that became confusing later on. But yeah, it was called the Hoth. Now it's called Hoth Foundations, and this, essentially, it was very simple. Um, we started in 2010. What we do is we create a little bit of content. We put them on Web 2.0 type properties. And we, we put your link in there and then we power those properties up with second tier links. And yeah, that's pretty much how it works. It's a very simple uh, strategy and it works great, especially for, you know, like uh, for low budget. You know what I mean? Right. It's a scary, inexpensive way to get links to your site. Cool. And just uh, make sure I got it right. And for the other folks, so you would create maybe a few blogs like a blogger, uh, WordPress and put some exactly. content out there that's relevant. And then you have some link, uh, or some websites that you could send links to those. So they have some uh, authority behind them. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the strategy. Okay. And speaking of authority, there's a lot of different companies. You mentioned AHREFs, there's yeah. Moz, there's yep. a few other majestic, which metrics do you feel if you can say, because I'm sure you know people at all the companies, um, yep. which which metrics for authority do you find the most accurate to use in house there? Um, well, we we sell posts based on Moz Domain Authority um, because that was kind of the industry standard for a while, and then after that, uh, you know, internally we use well. First of all, we have access or we use all of the tools. We use SEMrush, Ahrefs. Um, we actually haven't used Majestic as much lately, but we use both SEMrush and Ahrefs all the time. Um, uh, I loved for, for the last few years, Ahrefs has just like smashed it, I think, in my opinion. I love their stats. You know, it looks like from what they say, they have some of the best crawlers, the most data, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I will say that I've seen some studies now that uh, Moz has just got put their foot back in the game. And their their new crawlers and stats are amazing as well. Um, and then SEM Rush, who is kind of like the 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 other one that's in the in the game. Um, I stopped using them for a while when I, when Ahrefs was coming up and adding all these features. But I've just been using SEM Rush a lot more lately because they've added a ton of new stuff too. So mm-hmm. to be honest, the question is, what is the most accurate? I really don't know. I I know that we use Ahrefs for the stats a lot, um, but Moz is really good too. So. Cool. And that's kind of where I arrived to. They have certain strengths and you guys are obviously doing a lot more throughput than I, than I am. But um, yeah, every every company seems to have an area that they focused on. And like you said, Ahrefs like up their game, um, their blog content's even better. They have so much more. I, I think they're crawling faster than Google. I don't know. but <laughs> Did you hear that they want to release their own search engine? No, no, no. I didn't hear that. The founder was tweeting about how he wants to create his own uh, search engine. I was like, dude, they could probably do it because they have so much data and they know how. Yeah, I mean, that could be amazing. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so from a beginner standpoint, mm-hmm. can you tell me the most common maybe mistakes that a beginner may make from an SEO standpoint? Yeah, I think probably the biggest beginner mistake that we see is that people um, – get their their own problem is that they're too smart for themselves they will read and read and read and read and read uh all kinds of articles and they will forget to actually take action and the reality is like you're not going to become an expert by uh 
reading and reading and reading. Don't get me wrong. Get, get enough uh, information. But we get so many people that can probably talk me uh, or talk talk about SEO way more technically than I can. But at the end of the day, you can go look at the, the hots like SEO traffic. And, you know, we have t- over $200,000 a month worth of SEO traffic um, that's coming to our site. And, you know, uh, so it's like it's more about taking action than getting down in the details. I think people limit themselves by trying to be too technical and, and not taking enough action. That's probably the biggest mistake that I see. Okay. Well, you, you took my next question, which is how to keep from getting overwhelmed because of all the information. And I think, yeah, like spend some time studying and then you can execute and see what's going on. But there's like unlimited information and then you don't know how accurate it is depending on who you're getting it from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, the reality is that most people show up. This happens all the time to me. Like, most people show up and they're very confident in whatever they say. And I find out that for myself, uh, which I've had a lot of experience in SEO for like nine years and uh, doing marketing and all kinds of stuff, and we run a successful company, uh, I find out that uh, a lot of the things that I'm very confident in, yeah, I'm totally wrong. And the things that I think are never going to work, then they just work. This happens all the time. So I've let my ego go and I focus more on like, let's just do stuff and then we will look at the data later. Sort it out later. Yeah, I totally, totally uh, understand that. I can relate. Not like an unguided crazy person. I mean, we have strategies, we think, but I, I'm much more intent on like taking action and trying things than I am on like trying to get bogged down and making everything exactly perfect. For sure, for sure. So, um, from more advanced link building standpoint, as far as like link building velocity, maybe for a brand new site, I guess what's the recommendation from the Hoth? Like, if if we came to you or if I came to you for like a managed package, like how how would you guys approach it? Yeah, well, like for the most part, I think the most important thing for us, at least, is determining. Um, you know, what are you trying to rank for? And then looking at the, the data objectively to figure out what it's going to take to rank for that. I think a lot of people try something like this where they go like, Ooh, I want to rank for this term. And they'll build like a couple links and they'll be like, Ooh, I'm not ranking. What happened? And what we like to do is look more at, uh, like for instance, in Ahrefs, they have a great feature. You go in there and you can look at how many links are coming to the page, uh, the, the top pages on, are on page one or the top three and see how many links they have and see what the power and strength of those links are. And so if you can look at the data more objectively and you say like the top three on average have 70 links and you're starting out you just built three links, you got a little ways to go in order to, to be able to actually even compete in the top one. So like that's for me that's like even more important than the link velocities. Like figuring out objective like what is it going to take to even rank for this? And then after that, uh, I we've seen that at least this is, you know, what we've seen looking over like a ton of different clients that we've actually had is that consistency is, is very helpful. If you are building your site, um, I would love for marketing to be like this, like build one link, go up one, one space. It never is like that. Nothing is like that from like email marketing to social is never like that. So what, what I preach is like consistency. You need to be building more content and building more links every month. And I'm less concerned with that velocity. Um, now there's some, some, uh, more technical people out there that have had some pretty good theories. Like, you know, your, your link building 
should uh, you can magnify it or you can um, increase your velocity as you gain traffic, as that would be natural. You know, people finding your web, more people finding your website, more people could be linking to it. That would just the, the traffic would justify the backlinks. I think that's a great theory. But in, in my in my opinion, what I've seen is that those are the two things that I would focus on the most. Number one, figuring out how many links you're actually going to need, and then number two, keeping on the consi- keeping on consistency going towards that goal. Got it. And it totally makes sense. I mean. Kind of, kind of some of the stuff that we were talking about, where it's like we were very confident about a certain approach, but then you could find different instances and case studies where it's disproved or an exception, yeah. and it's like, well, it's really hard to tell what's going on, and we can frame the story around it however we want, yeah. and then you end up like making bad decisions. So yeah, which makes me like just come back to that kind of like focus, always like focus on the cores. And if you're doing most of the cores right, like everything's going to come up. When you get down in the details and try to figure out everything, I think it's going to lead to like a lot of frustration. Right, right, right. So let's um, get away from some of the SEO specific stuff. And I'm interested personally on like, you know, you mentioned Hoth traffic growing so much over the last few years, revenue followed. Can you talk about some of that? And like, like what did you guys do on the blog to get that kind of growth? Yeah, for sure. So kind of around early 2014, late 2014, sometime in 2014, uh, same time when I, when I moved, kind of started thinking about uh, this, this problem that you, you've heard this phrase before, the, the cobbler's children's have no shoes. Uh, I think every business owner feels like that. It, it, if anybody has never heard that, it essentially means um, you're working on your clients and they're getting great success. But if you look at yourself, you, you you're not getting the same success that they're getting. So, and this is very common with like marketing companies. Um, so, if you looked at the Hoth traffic back in the day, you know, like it, we looked like we were, were didn't know what we were doing because we weren't working on our own site. So, what what we kind of did, I was like, we should probably rank for stuff to prove to people that we're a good SEO company. But I didn't necessarily focus on like an awesome SEO strategy. What I first focused on was uh, the actual content that's going to help people. I always say like, I'm really focused on who are we trying to help? Who's the avatar that you're trying to attract? You got to get to know that person and what they care about so that you can connect to them through their content, right? So I start with that before anything. And so what I would do is I would say, what are the things that uh, they're they're here right now and they want to get to over here which uh, I want them to get to a purchase, uh, right? And so what are the things that are stopping them from getting to the purchase? What are the questions, the doubts, the fears that they have um, before they can actually purchase or start having success with SEO? And so I would listen to our sales guys' calls and like hear the same questions over and over, right? And this happens in every market. that People, before they buy like a product, they're going to have like the same like six questions that they want answered. Like which one's the best? Does it have this? Well, is the price worth it on this one or whatever? They have the same questions over and over. So if you know what those questions are, then you can create content around them. And that can just shortcut them to to the actual purchase, right? And so that's what I focused on. I started focusing on what are the questions that they're asking over and over and over. I just wrote articles about those. Um, and that was kind of the, 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 the renewing of our blog where I actually wrote it to our customers and not just like lame updates about the Hoth. Um, so we started writing about stuff like link building and anchor text selection and, uh, how to avoid penalties and what's the SEO strategy you should be using and things like that. And that was kind of like the beginning of the blog. 
And then after that, we uh, started creating uh, tools. And tools were like a huge one for us. Um, you know, sometimes when you talk about like link building or, or linkable assets, you know, people write ultimate guides and ultimate guides are great. Um, and, but, uh, for us, uh, in addition to that, there's a lot of times we can make like a resource. Um, that's not necessarily like a, a regular article or a big thing. So for us, tools were a big resource that people could use. And that worked really well in terms of like ranking and getting people to link to our site because people will totally link to tools or resources. Um, and so that's kind of how, you know, the, 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 the traffic exploded. But what, what was kind of cool was about that theory as we were testing on our own site and our, our website, we essentially built links like consistently, built consistent content, and then our traffic exploded. Crazy enough, building links and content gets you really good traffic, right? Uh, it's the two things, yeah. It's only yeah. two things. Yeah. So, so we, uh, we kind of translated that, that strategy into our managed uh, SEO product, and then we did the same thing with a bunch of clients. So um, – that was really successful. Awesome. Yeah. And it's usually, I mean, we look for more complicated answers because we, we imagine it must be complicated, but it's like showing up every day, every week. Like how long did it take before it like popped by the way? Just curious. You know remember? what? I, I can't really remember the timeline. Um, cause like, to be honest, I wasn't even doing it that consistently in the beginning. I wasn't blogging consistently. I was, cause it was all me. You know what I mean? I was trying to like run marketing, make sure the operations going, create new products, all kinds of different stuff. Not that I was like the only person, but I'm just saying like, as, as somebody like a business owner, you know, you're juggling a lots of, a lot of different things. So I don't think I was even very consistent. Um, but, uh, if you do do it consistently, what we do see with like our clients, for instance, is that you can start seeing some pretty good results within three months. Um, and that's building like every single month. And then after that, you know, to actually hit your goals, it just depends on how, how competitive, uh, you know, it is. Um, but yeah, if you do it consistently for three months, uh, you can, it's kind of like working out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You got to, you got to suspend your disbelief for that period of time. Is that that three months, that first three months when you're building content, building links, like that's the hardest man. Because Google hasn't had enough time to pick up your site, and Google's just seeing if you're going to become an authority or just like a little rinky-dink site, and and you got to suspend your disbelief that it's it's not going to work, and then just keep going. And then once you hit that mark, Google like will pick it up, and see that you're doing it, and they can just unlock the floodgates, and then it's just a lot easier after that. For sure, and I mean, I feel like it's like that across the board for so many things, like you said, working out or whatever. Um, I've spent a lot of time on YouTube, and it's just like there's no there's no inflection point. It's just like slow growth, or at least for me, right? <laughs> at least for me. I know some people have had like explosive growth, but if you're just showing up making boring videos like me, then slow growth. Yeah. YouTube is hard. We're competing with a lot of really funny videos, man. I'm not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, we got this, we figured out, Clayton and I figured out how to blur our background. So it, and smooth out our face. I mean, I, yeah, I, I look much better Don't right now. I'm going through a change right now. I should have prepared better, but I'm trying to grow a beard. So I look like, you know, not super clean at the moment, but trying to get this thing to go long. No, that that's good. I, I don't know if that'll work for Florida very well, though. But I guess I mean you know, have you had a big beard before? Or? No, I've never had a beard, so I'm it's it's new for me, man. 
Okay. It's coming out pretty good. I can't, you see, I'm like uh, follically challenged, as they say, but I tried to grow a beard over the winter because it was so cold up in Bozeman. Um, mm. Like, uh, it was like negative 15, like extremely very cold. So it really helped, but it just looked patchy and I looked silly with a, trying to grow a beard, to be honest with you. But yours, it looks full and, you know, you got a solid set of, you know, beard follicles. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. I feel like sometimes, like, you know, you're going along and you're doing something for like a long time. So you got to change it up, man. And you just got to feel like you're ready for a change in like um, many different things. Like, I just started growing this out because I moved back to the U.S. just like a few weeks ago. So oh, I was no, like, man. that's another great time to change. That's cool. That's cool. And, and by the, it's funny, just all of a sudden we're talking beards. But how long have you been growing that now? Uh, maybe like three weeks, something like that. Maybe, maybe a month. Right. How, far, how far are you going to let it go? I don't know. Let's see how long I can get it, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right. Now, speaking of Florida, speaking of, is it St. Peter, Tampa that you guys are in? Just like uh, We're in St. Petersburg, which is like right outside of Tampa. If people don't know what St. Petersburg is. Okay. And I, the reason why I mentioned that is I saw um, best place to work in, in that area, right? You got voted for that. Can you talk about that? Like, what's the deal with the culture there and all that? Yeah, yeah. So for us, yeah, we have one Tampa Bay, uh, one of the best places to work um, for the last two years. And I think that that's really important. Like as people grow their businesses, you know, wherever you're out in your business, um, you know, probably there's a good chance you're going to have to hire employees um, in order to really achieve your full vision. And believe me, that's even coming from a um, uh, you know, the Hoth was actually started on the whole four hour work week kind of book as an inspiration, like a lifestyle business it was actually started like that. And then as you start helping people, like the vision expands and it, it changes what you actually want. Um, but yeah, so so from the beginning that we thought that culture was like super important. You saw like what the Hoth monster looks like, you know, it's a little bit different than a typical like uh, swoosh logo SEO company. And uh, the, the, the Hoth is actually an acronym. It stands for hit him over the head. And it's, uh, it's all about like bludgeoning with awesomeness or going above and beyond, you know, like getting, hitting somebody over the head like, oh, man, that was like an awesome experience or that was like awesome customer service. I didn't expect that or whatever. It's about going above and beyond. And so we wanted to take that and, and make it permeate through everything else. And so that's why we worked really hard on, on our culture. We even have a culture document that describes, you know, how, how we should operate as a country, uh, as a company. Um, and actually I wrote a post on it if anybody wants to check it out, um, on the Hoth cool. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was baked in there. And like, I, I feel like if you can take care of your employees, they're going to take care of your customers. And so we bake that in. It's not just, we want to help everyone with SEO, but we want to have a blast doing that. So I think all those things are going to help make like a successful company right now, you know, like in this kind of climate. Very cool. I know, um, is, well, obviously it's really hard to do that as you're, you're growing, um, especially, but, um, it's pretty amazing to have like a, such a strong culture. Just, I've worked at a, I've worked at big corporations for a, a couple years, uh, before I got laid off. And, you know, you hear the culture stuff and the culture document and it's just, the mission statement and all that kind of garbage and you don't yeah. buy into it. And I think with a like a company your size, right. Um, I, I can believe it, but I was in bigger companies. So I'm jaded. Like, uh, you know, you would yeah. expect, no, man, I think it gets harder and harder as, as you grow bigger because you have so many contingencies and different personalities and kind of stuff. When you have 
five people, man, you got like a killer culture because it's you and your friends or your, you know what I mean? But when you, once you start growing, it gets harder. What's cool about this is I think that if you come in it from the beginning and you have that, like we were, we were lucky to, that I hate so many other things. Uh, so I'm like, we will never do that. So you have this like uh, strong base. And the thing is like when we put it out there, to be honest, like we've had a culture doc for a long time, even before we had like uh, a bunch of employees. But, um, the thing is like when people came in, it was crazy because, uh, they took it to heart. Like they actually believed in it and the culture like created a creature of its own. It was wild. Like when I came back here, cause the office actually started growing while I was, while I was out of the country and it was crazy when I came back, I could just see that everybody was like buying into it and they were even taking it like a step further. Uh, it like created its own monster. So I think if you build a company you come in after and they try like tack on culture to it and like rah rah the people like no one's going to believe it but if you start small like wherever you're at and you build it now i think that's like how you can do it i think that's probably part of the reason that it's been very successful here very cool yeah that's amazing now it sounds like maybe you weren't like there as much but i'm curious about growing the the team and the hr aspect of yeah. all of that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we started as a virtual company and we were virtual for many years. Um, uh, we never had an office or anything like that, just worked out of our homes or our friends' homes or whatever, co-working spaces sometimes. And that was kind of cool. Um, as the team started to grow, you know, as we started adding more revenue, it kind of became more important that we actually have an office. Um, as we want to add more team members on and just for communication and keeping everybody together, started to get like, yeah, we needed that office and we hired a, an operations manager and he really just led the charge. Uh, like if you get those great key first employees, like I think those are like some of the most important. Um, and I'm sure everyone's business operates much more differently than mine, but that was one of the most key hires we've ever done is an ops person. And by operations, I mean like, okay, we're doing the marketing, we're doing this. You're the guy that makes sure that everything runs okay. Like if customers are contacting you or things are going down or the website goes down or whatever, you're going to be in charge of making sure that everything keeps running, right? So I'm trying to make it so people can relate to this because I have no idea what businesses they're running. So, um, so when we hired that like ops guy, he's, he, he, he had experience, you know, he came in. And he had experience like hiring people and just took our team and found where we needed people and was just able to take, um, uh, you know, take our team from like six people in an office to like 20 in the space of a year. And then the next like couple years, you know, to, to 45 here in the office. Um, so I think like the, those key hires were there and it's just finding that right person at the right time to be able to like help you out with that and help you scale where you need to, where you don't even have the eyes like that, that was like a key thing for us. Awesome. And I think maybe another point is like you got someone who was experienced in an area that I don't know, even if you, you've, you guys had the skills already, you maybe didn't have time to execute on it. So you had someone that knew how to run a shop, right? Oh yeah, exactly. And you know, it sounds crazy, but like I couldn't think of a better person to be to be running our company now. Or, or he's the COO, the chief of operations now. But he actually um, came from Target, um, and you'd be like, "Dude, you hired someone from Target, right?" But what's kind of crazy is like you start 
after hiring a lot of people, you start seeing these interesting things. It's like with hiring someone from Target, that's somebody that can that had corporate development that was able to grow quickly through. They understood bigger structures. They hired and fired a lot of people. They grew through different teams and became managers and stuff like that. So there's a lot of those skills that is irrelevant whether SEO is important or not. He was able to come in and figure out, oh, we're going to need capacity over here and have the experience and the confidence to be able to execute those things. And I've actually noticed that about a lot of our best employees. Our best employees are not – when you think about like hiring the best SEO or the best PPC or whatever, you go out there and you look for that, that person. And a lot of times you know, that, that can be very hard to do and those people are very, very expensive. Or if they're already the best, dude, they're, they're good. They don't want to work for you. you know? So what I've actually found, like some of the best, best employees that we've had at our company are not what you typically think. It's more about the person that, underli- that uh, is underlying. You know? uh, what, what is their attitude? What is their work style? Um, they, they came from Target. They were previous babysitters. They were previous people that were from rock bands. Like literally the, some of the top people at our company, they can come from anywhere. And it's so much more about the core of the person um, and, and the way they approach their work and their responsibility than anything else. That can supersede almost anything. So, Very interesting. I did a lot of guest posting uh, in the past, right? And mm-hmm. I was nervous to hire anyone who said they knew SEO because you don't know like the practices that they're going to use. Um, so I just – hired uh, my writers to do it who could communicate, follow directions and send emails, which is a lot of like what, um, you know, working online is and they've, they did awesome. They knocked it out of the park. They did way better than anyone else. So I, I would recommend, yeah, like you said, looking at the person, their core sort of skills at a higher level, like, if someone can follow directions and they're willing to learn and they're flexible, like that's usually pretty good. And then you needed someone who had, you know, the, I guess like experience working with an org chart and like navigating the politics that, that just are inherent with a company as it's growing. So very cool. You said something like that's super perfect, which is we, we try to, uh, we try to hire from within or we try to promote from within. So like for you, you said that you took your writers, um, that were good at you know doing uh, emails and, and turning them up and that we've seen the same thing. Some of the, uh, fastest growing people at our company, they start in support, which is like, you know, you would think is the most like boring, basic, and it is, but the people that can survive support, uh, you know, they have all the skills in terms of like, you know, getting to impact zero and being nice to people when they're, they're not happy or being able to solve problems, understanding all the products and all the contingencies and all kinds of different stuff. So they're like really set up to just like, like excel in the company and I love if I need a new team. I love picking people that have been through that. So if you have a company hiring and promoting from within, I think that's like a jackpot. Definitely, definitely. So, um, couple products like we were chatting beforehand, and I know there's a couple products that I haven't seen before. I've used um, the foundation from back in the day, some guest posting stuff, even that I'm testing out right now. But um, the products or sorry, the syndication product that you have. Can you talk about that a little bit? And then I'll sort of, I'll ask like sort of the common questions that may come around from that. So yeah, hot syndication. It's a new product that we're like super excited about. I'm I'm excited to see what people do with it. Um, so if, if you never heard of content syndication before, it's not really talked about that much in the SEO industry, but in like the publishing industry, it's a huge, huge thing. 
And essentially what it means is like you can take your con- your content that exists on your website or, or pre-existing content and you can get it published on all sorts of different domains, uh, you know, like uh, publishers, news sites, all kinds of stuff like this. And I know what most people are probably thinking. They're like, duplicate content red flags are going off in your mind right now and you can't even think until we address this duplicate content thing. So – so yeah, uh, actually Moz has a great video on this and actually put it even on the sales page because everyone's just going to be like, duplicate content. So um, there there are re- – there's a lot to say about duplicate content, but it kind of boils down to this is like uh, duplicate content has a lot of um, misconceptions. And they think that if you put duplicate content, like everything is going to burn. It's not like that actually. Um, what you need to do is if you, if you want to republish stuff, what you want to have is like a, something called a rel canonical that says like, Hey Google, this is the original piece. And that's exactly what we do in syndication. That's what everybody does in syndication. They say, Hey, this is, if you've ever been to a website and you've been reading an article and it says at the bottom, like this was originally posted here, uh, it's probably a syndicated piece and they're probably doing that same type of thing. So that's exactly what we do. So that helps avoid any kind of duplicate content. And essentially what happens is like wherever it's published, your original piece where the rel canonical is, that, that's the one that gets the credit for it. So that, that's kind of – so now that we got that uh, duplicate content stuff out of the way, uh, what we found is we saw like some, um, some of the biggest websites in the world. I mean if you're an affiliate, you know of NerdWallet because you know, NerdWallet's do like one of the biggest essentially performance marketing sites in the world. And we were, I was checking out their backlinks and stuff, and I just noticed that like they were doing a ton of content distribution. Um, they were like republishing their articles on all these different like sites and all this kind of stuff, and it was kind of strange. And then I started looking at some other affiliate sites, and I saw that not only were they like republishing on all these different new sites, they were even getting like links to multiple of their pages in there. They were even getting their affiliate links on the republished like news sites, like straight affiliate links to Amazon. And so I saw enough instances of this. I was like, we have to investigate it. So we did. And the problem is that most people don't have access to be able to syndicate stuff, right? Like, like I started looking like, where can I buy this? You can't really buy it. There's not like anybody that's like selling it. I'm sure that you can find somebody somewhere. Um, we actually did. We found one. Uh, we found a company called Brandpoint and they sell it for $4,000. And I think that's probably out of the price range of most people. So what we did is we like investigated this. And we worked our publisher connections, and we were able to, uh, you know, get uh, create this new product it's called Hoth Syndication, and it's on the same networks as like a Nerd Wallet is distributing to. Um, so uh, that's really cool, and we're really excited. It just launched, and so I'm, I'm I'm pumped to see like what people do with it, how people use it, uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool, and I guess I, I'm think I'm thinking of using it myself, by the way, um, but. I guess I get, I'm still a little nervous about sort of the concept. I understand the rel canonical and all that stuff, but I was going to say like, let's say for my site, niche site project, um, would you, would you recommend like testing it on like just one post or would you say, all right, you know, maybe three, four posts that you're interested in having syndicated that are informational and helpful and that sort of thing. Or how do you recommend just someone testing the waters on it? Yeah, you can do anything that you want. You can test like one post, check it out, or you can do a, a few different ones. I mean, some of the biggest sites, they're literally syndicating everything that they have. So, I mean, I don't have a specific recommendation. Sure, it's more, sure. it's like kind of like asking like how many links should you build? <laughs> so, right. ah, okay. depends on what you can do. And, um, 
but but this is something that we like we just launched uh and so uh you know what i like to do is i like to experiment and i like to get real case studies and then come out and and, and say what we've actually seen so for us being new like i don't have a lot of specific recommendations for this it's kind of weird, you know, like you ever see like Google updates and then like as soon as a Google update, somebody has an article on like how to fix it. And it's kind of weird, like, dude, how could you fix it in one day? Like it's not possible. So, uh, but people love those articles and they'll read them. Um, so, you know, well, I just like to be truthful and transparent as much as possible. It's a new thing. We have like 40,000 experiments going with it right now. And so as that comes out, I want to like uh, show you guys like case study and proof, but it's a new product for us. So I'm excited to see like what people do with it. I will let you know how it goes for me. So, um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about is the Hoth Life vlog series. So I, I was perusing the site before we were chatting, and I was like, "Oh, I, I didn't see this." So, what's going on with that? Yeah, essentially, you know, we think that video is the future. I mean, if you look at the stats, uh, you know, video is blowing up. Um, they said by twenty twenty, like eighty per, over eighty percent of you know um, uh, internet traffic is actually going to be video. And we, being like a content creation company, you know, like an SEO company, essentially like create content, help people rank content. You realize that you can rank your written content in Google, which is the biggest search engine, but the second biggest search engine, if you're writing articles, you can't rank in, rank in YouTube with the written article, right? You have to make a video. Um, so we started investing in that. So we started, uh, you know, taking our content and creating videos out of it. And, uh, so that's been working, that's been working decently, but at the same time, you know, what you, what people are on YouTube about is sometimes they're on there to learn SEO, but they're also, you can't just like jam SEO down people's throats. You know, it's about, uh, having content and then in an entertaining way. And one of the things that we thought we could show, you know, that's a little bit about ourselves or tell people about us to get that connection is to show people like what happens behind the scenes uh, at the Hoth, you know, what kinds of other things are we doing? Uh, and put like a real human face to what we do, which is something I think that was missing from a lot of SEO. A lot of SEO companies, it's hard to have, see that human connection and like see, is there somebody actually behind this, this thing? Is there a personality? Uh, or is it just a huge scam? <laughs> like, you know, that's kind of how it felt like in 2010 back in the day. So, so yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to put some, sorry about that. We're trying to put some personality to it and show kind of what's going on behind the scenes. Right on. It's, it's pretty cool. I was going to say for the people, we'll put some links to it so people could check it out, of course. But I was going to say, it's like you, you guys cover some SEO topic. And like you said, you, you frame it in a vlog format. So it's not so boring. Like some of my videos where I'm just literally sitting here. <laughs> a little talking head, you know, you guys have a little story behind it and there's some people and it's a little bit more interesting than just a straight up SEO video of which there are so many. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're trying different stuff out because I think YouTube is a special character. You know, we're good at SEO. We're like an office of 45 SEO nerds trying to do YouTube. We're competing with like cat videos and Logan Paul and all kinds of like really cool things. So, you know, we're, we're trying it out and uh, we're going to see how it goes, man. Interesting. And just as an aside, I've, I've been spending a lot of time on YouTube, as you can imagine, creating videos and stuff. And it is, I don't know, I go back and forth, but really it's like a volume situation where even if it was bad content that I was putting out, it was better than not putting something out. So there was a stretch where I published like two videos a day for a month and it was like, you know, 
growth. Now, as soon as I took my foot off the gas, cause I don't have that many people working with me, it was like two, <laughs> yeah. um, it slowed back down, but I think you could manipulate it in a way where it's like you get the growth and then you figure out what, what's working and then you can sustain it. But obviously it's ex- super expensive to do video. You know, so. I will tell you that, uh, you know, it, I would speak more confidently about it if we had 100K subscribers, but we don't. So I don't like to toot my own horn where I haven't done stuff. You know what I mean? But I will say that I do have friends that have uh, over 100K uh, subs, and that's exactly what they did. Um, for instance, uh, my friends are called uh, the Jump Rope Dudes or Zen Dude Fitness. Um, and if you look at their channel, they got a ton of subscribers. And I was like, dude, what did you do? He goes, all right, here's my SEO strategy. He goes, okay. I went to YouTube and I looked at the autocomplete, type in jump rope, and then it says autocomplete. And there's like jump rope like a boxer, jump rope like a gymnast, jump rope for weight loss. And he goes, I just made a video on every single one of those things. And they did, and then they dominated the front page for jump rope. So, I mean, some people tend to overcomplicate it. I thought that was a pretty cool strategy, and they definitely got a ton of subscribers just by cranking out those videos. So, um, that's a real world case study, and that's exactly what he did. Amazing jump rope, huh? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, jump rope is big. <laughs> I don't know. It's so simple, I guess. Or maybe it's not. I didn't even know there were all those different ways to jump rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's big, dude. They got over a hundred k subscribers. They got like that, uh, the plaque and everything. So, wow, that's no. very cool. So, um, we're coming up towards the end here. Is there anything, anything else, Clayton, that uh, you want to share with us? Yeah, man, I want to say thank you so much for having me, dude. This has been a blast. I love doing kind of stuff like this because sometimes, you know, if you get these marketing emails all the time, you don't know the story behind it. And I love sharing the story because I think the story a lot of times, uh, you know, if you can connect like that and, uh, you know, that can be even more powerful than any kind of SEO advice that I, I could give, you know. Absolutely. Well, and it's a pleasure talking to you. Like I said, um, I've been a customer for, for years and I'm glad, you know, we, uh, you know, sort of rekindled our email thread <laughs> and oh, we've yeah. been chatting here. So, um, everybody check out the Hoth. I'll put links for everything and thanks a lot, Clayton. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks again to Clayton and the Hoth. Really do appreciate the time. It was fun chatting with Clayton. And um, actually, we, we chatted a little bit before, a little bit after. And he's, uh, he's a pretty nice guy. I'd, I'd have a beer with him. I'd have a beer with him for sure. And I want to mention a couple of the tests that I'm running with the Hoth right now. So number one, guest posting. So... I typically in the past have done my own guest posting. I did it on my own like 100% for a little while. For some other campaigns that I've I've done for my own sites, I've hired some people. Um, sometimes I've promoted a writer, as we mentioned in the call here. I would like promote a writer to do some outreach and generally serve as a, uh, basically a, um, an assistant, right? Just an EA, right? Executive assistant. They're sending emails or doing just normal uh, things, communicating, you know, just writing, typing, as long as they have a laptop and they can read and write um, at a, I would say, high school level, we can work with that, right? They don't have to do anything crazy. And it was fine. I, I generally would do that. Now, with working with a service, um, 
it can really, really help you scale if you have more money than time. All right. So coming up soon, I'm going to be sharing an interview um, that I did with a, uh, not a college, a high school senior guy named Linus. Linus um, was a viewer or is a viewer over on the YouTube side and a podcast listener as well. But as a high school student, he had a lot of time. He had plenty of time in front of the keyboard, but he didn't have much money. Um, So the Hoth probably wouldn't be a good service for him because he can go out and spend the time locking down those uh, guest posts on his own. But, um, you know, he doesn't have the money to pay a service. So anyway, the test that I'm running is I have um, a couple sites that I've neglected over, over the years. And I was like, all right, they're getting a little traffic. They're getting, um, you know, a little bit of, or they're making a little bit of revenue. And what I would like to do is test out what happens when I send a pretty good guest post link to this site, um, to a specific post, which is a keyword golden ratio term that is getting a little bit of traffic, but it's not like knocking it out of the park or anything. By the way, the, the site that I'm testing this on generally has no backlinks. All right. There's a few blog comments going, um, to the homepage, but generally there's no backlinks. So this will be a really pure kind of test. There's no, you know, nothing else going on. The site's generally out of the sandbox. It doesn't get very much traffic and, I mean, it's a question that I get all the time. I have a post. It's a keyword golden ratio post. It's it's not ranking or it's not ranking as high as I want it to be. Um, what should I do? So there's a couple options. You know, one of the options generally is to improve the content, check out your competitors, for example, um, do a little bit more research, add more products, like just add more to the post, make it better. And you know, in my opinion, that's probably the number one thing to have a look at. That is a way to get the fastest results, most likely. If you have already done that, or you feel that it's solid, getting a backlink could be a good thing. Now, I know, I know what you're thinking. A lot of people are like, well, I'm doing the keyword golden ratio um, so that I don't have to get backlinks. All right. You don't have to get backlinks. Um, but if you're struggling, right, if you are, let's say you've moved up to position number five and you're getting some traffic and you don't know what to do, you've already added more content, you think it's as good as it needs to be, better than the competition anyway, getting a backlink may be the thing that you need to do. And I know, again, part of it's my fault for talking about the keyword golden ratio and not having to have backlinks. But look, here's the deal. If you publish a ton of content and you don't build any backlinks, you can make um, a good amount of money. You can make a good living from not building any backlinks, just focusing on the long tail, ultra long tail, and the keyword golden ratio. Yes, it can be done not building any backlinks. However, if you build the backlinks, I will tell you that it's probably going to like elevate your site. Um you are generally, if you don't have any backlinks to your site or very few, if you haven't put the effort in, if you haven't put the time in, there's a good chance you've reached some ceiling, potentially an artificial ceiling that you can uh, break through by actually getting backlinks. And that is why, again, 
I think if you have more money than time, potentially working with a Hoth or a similar company, right? There's tons of them out there. Um, but working with a company that has the systems in place can be a great way to, you know, get those links. Now, I encourage you to try and get the guest post on your own. Um, I'll put links in the description. I have many guides out there on getting backlinks through guest posting. Um, I have templates for the outreach. I have templates for identifying um, like blogs out there that may be interested in having you guest post for them. It's all out there. It is time consuming, but it's all out there and you can do it for free. At the same time, um, if you want to accelerate a little bit, maybe you do some of it. Maybe you could hire the Hoth or another service to do some of the guest posting as well. That could be a way to do it a little bit faster. Now, one thing I want to point out because some people are, are thinking, oh, well, I can only I can only get like one or two guest posts per month or fill in the blank. Maybe it's six or something like that. But we'll just say one or two. Um, maybe you, you don't have a huge budget. You can only afford one or two links per month. That's okay. Um, here's the deal. Like one or two links right now, it doesn't seem like much. It doesn't seem like it's going to make much of a difference. Okay. However, let's say you do that for six months or 12 months. We'll just say 12 months, one year. In one year from now, if you're doing that, you potentially could have 12 to 24 links going to your site. And that is a small amount, right? One to two links per month. But over time, it adds up. Now, you probably don't even want to get uh, let's say you had an unlimited budget or something like that, you wouldn't want to get 150 links all in one month or all in one week or anything like that. But what you potentially could do is very slowly, because this is natural, very slowly get a couple links per month. And then maybe maybe you start making a little bit more money and you have the budget and the ability to reinvest and maybe instead of getting one to two links per month, you can step it up. Maybe after a couple months, you can get two or three or three or four. And after six months, maybe you can get five links per month because you see that it's working and you're making more money to reinvest in your site. So I know some people want to pull the money off the table um, and you know save it or spend it. Maybe you have, you know, maybe you're paying off debt, right? Totally valid. Smart idea, pay off your debt, whatever. But if you have the ability to reinvest, you got a full-time job or something like that, um, where this is a side project. You have a little, you know, you have a little cash that you could reinvest and uh, it's fun to reinvest back into the site. Getting backlinks could be a great way to do it. Anyway, the whole punchline there is you can very slowly start getting a few links each month and then you can step it up over time. Again, it's natural. Go look at a big site, um, do some analysis on the backlink profile, and you will see slow growth as the site gets more popular, as they're doing more promotion and marketing themselves, they are getting more backlinks. So it's a natural thing to happen to slowly accelerate and get more backlinks over time. All right, so I will leave it at that as we're slowly ticking over the one hour mark. Again, if you're new to The Doug Show, I really appreciate you checking it out listen to a few of the other episodes. There's some great success stories in there and just, you know, take a look at some of the titles. I think you'll find something interesting in there. 
And a little sneak peek for the next episode, I am interviewing Chris Pearson from DIY Themes. That is the uh, founder of DIY Themes. And we discovered we potentially cross paths in the past. So I won't tell you what that, uh, what that was, but I'll just leave it out there for you to check out in the next episode, 42, coming out soon. All right, everybody have a great day and catch you next time.